Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. I want to start off today by thanking you all. We've had some massive uh, viewership recently um, over the past couple of days, and I, I just want to thank you so much for all of you tuning in and listening and all of your feedback and all of you that shared on social media and all of you that have reached out to me. And um, it's, again, I've said this before, you guys don't know how encouraging it is to get feedback from you. Uh, when you tell me that an episode was particularly uh, impactful, when you share it with me how it's helping you, um, or when you just share it with friends and, and post it on your social media, I, it means the world to me, uh, and that's the fuel that keeps the fire burning in me to, to deliver a message to you, if not daily, multiple times a day. So please don't ever stop letting me know. Uh, please, you know, and I'm just going to, in a moment of transparency, I, I need that to a degree. Not just because it makes me feel good, but also because it holds my feet to the fire um, and demands a higher level of execution from me uh, to make sure that every day I'm prepared uh, spiritually, mentally to bring you guys and obviously physically you guys um, content daily that can help you either reshape your thinking or hopefully change your life and many of you have shared with me how it has already impacted and changed your life and your business and your finances and your personal relationships and your relationship with God and I'm just uh, I'm thankful for all of you that consistently give me feedback and some of you that I don't even know uh, that have recently just popped in my DMs hey I from Florida and my friend shared it and you know it's just it's really cool to see you know, I think we have right now, uh, like like 15, 15 very active states. We're in all 50 states. We're in a couple countries, Canada, Australia. We had a couple, we had like 15 people from India last week, 15 separate people from India, a um, couple in some other countries. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just blown away by you guys and, and extremely thankful this morning. I was thinking about you guys. You know, I got up early today, early, early. I was up at four and uh, did my normal morning cuddling with Bane and uh, took him outside. And it was it was still a little early to let the ducks and the chickens out and it was dark. So I walked Bane around the outskirt of the property. Just yesterday we had a coyote show up around five o'clock, four, four, four o'clock, I think it was. I had a long, long meeting yesterday, um, and it kind of set my day. So I had to play catch-up yesterday, but I went out. Wow, that's a lot of smoke there. I wonder where that's coming from. Um, but uh, anyways, I went outside to kind of decompress and smoke a cigar around 4, and I'm sitting there, and I hear, I love my crows. My crows are my sentinels. They're my, uh, they're my, property, <laughs> they're my property managers. Let's put it that way. So I've been feeding these crows now for probably two years. So there's a murder, as you call it, of crows that hang out around my property. Uh, probably I've counted individually. They seem to, there, there seems to be about 8 to 12 of them. Um, it usually bounces back and forth between that number, 8 to 12. 
and there could be many more. I know that there's probably different murders. So that's what you call a group of crows is a murder, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, that was sitting outside smoking a stick and I start hearing some go off east and then I start hearing some go off southeast or northeast and then a little bit more to the west and pretty, pretty soon a 360 degree crow alarm was going off uh, and it set my girls off my my chickens start going nuts my ducks start going nuts like it was like it was like it was like the bird apocalypse and I it like it's eerie like when all your animals start to freak out it's like all right what's about to happen because they've got a sixth sense right so I go out back and I turn the corner and Bane's running in front of me and thank God he didn't see it. I don't I don't know that he would take off after it, but probably 25 yards from that back porch, if you've ever seen my Instagram story, I have a back porch. I call it my sniper's nest. Uh, right off 25 yards from the back of my house, there's a coyote running through the woods. And the crows were just all circling around it and going nuts. So I ran inside, I grabbed one of my rifles, I come running out barefoot, I go sprinting, I put Bane away. I don't want Bane getting, you know, because what they'll do, coyotes, they'll have one come out and taunt. Um, you know, they'll send one out and taunt dogs, like people's dogs, and it'll run away and it'll, you know, it'll draw it into the woods or over a hill. And there's the rest of the pack waiting and they'll just, they'll tear the dog up and eat it. So I, I put Bane in the house and I go, I'm like, Geneva, I said, there's, there's a coyote in the woods. And she's like, oh. So she goes out on the back porch and I go running out into the woods with my rifle. And uh, I went probably a quarter mile deep, uh, uh, last quarter mile deep because it headed west on my property. So uh, I, think it, I think I bailed to the field behind the house and there's a big trench. And uh, we've had just torrential downpours. So the trench probably got a good three feet of water in it. So I didn't go through the trench into the field, plus it's just Tick City out in that field. I would have been picking ticks off of me all night. So I went back up to the house, and I had a 5 o'clock meeting. So from like 4.15 to 5, I just sat there in my little sniper's perch and just, you know, with my rifle. And I would scope up and look out, and I didn't see him again. And uh, it unnerved the birds for quite some time. I think that's what got my last girl, Pharaoh, was a coyote or a fox. Um, I didn't get a good, it, it was too big to be a fox. This would have been a real big fox. I mean, this was the size of like a medium-sized dog. It was a pretty good-sized coyote. And uh, yeah, I would have shot him on sight. Coyotes are, you know, it's tough for me. I don't like killing animals. I don't like killing at all. Um, I really do not like hurting animals unless it's absolutely necessary. And uh, But coyotes are kind of the exception to the rule and it's tough for me because they look like dogs and I have such a soft spot in my heart for dogs but coyotes are vicious and they're pests and they, they're destructive um, and I'm sure all the farmers uh, and all the properties around me would have been thrilled to hear that I picked one off um, so I think what I'm going to do is that lady uh, the widow behind me uh, that's on that field I think her son's across the street I'm either going to go try to talk to him or her and be like, listen, let, let me post up in your field. I'll get all geared up uh, and post up in your field tonight. And I'll see if I can't pick a couple of them off. Um, because they're just, you know, he's going to come back if he gets my birds. I like sat out back this morning 
I sat out back from like 5.15 till right about 6 o'clock. Just, uh, you know, I spent time with God. I prayed. I was listening to Amazing Grace by Il Devo on repeat. It's such a good song to start the day. Just a reminder of the gift of grace that we're given and just how I've seen God's hand of blessing in my life. Just thinking about, you know, just spending time with him, but also on high alert. You know, I let the birds out. It was weird. The birds didn't really want to see. Usually they come running out today and, and the birds um, didn't want to come out. In fact, when I opened the coop, one of the ducks was on the ground, and what, which is where they're no, they normally are. So the chickens roost. So I've got a roost in there for them and the ducks sleep on the ground. One of the ducks was on the ground. The other one wasn't anywhere to be seen. I'm like, oh no, please tell me something didn't get, get dragged somehow one of my ducks I mean there's no way that thing that that coop is locked down like Fort Knox at night there's this big piece of drywall I drag in front of it not drywall but big piece of wood I drag in front of it this I mean it's probably three feet high by eight feet long and I I anchor it with a stick and a rock so I take a big log and press it up against the side and then a rock as an anchor you know all, all this goes to say is the only thing getting through that is a bear you know what I mean that's the only thing so I'm like, where's my duck? And uh, I look in the nesting box, which is literally the size of a duck. You could probably fit three chickens in there. The ducks are big. My ducks are very big. They're probably the size of two chickens. And my duck was in the nesting box laying an egg. They usually lay him on the ground, but he was up in the box. And uh, it scared me for a moment. But they didn't want to seem to come out today. I don't know if something spooked him last night. I don't know if that coyote was back around or... I don't know. I might try getting up, uh, going to bed early at like 7 o'clock and getting up at like 2 and just uh, sitting out back and I'll grab a book and a gun and just sit there and wait to see if I can't get them. Or I might, like I said, I might at dusk tonight head over to that field with that lady's permission and uh, see if I can't find. I know, I know exactly up to the west corner of the field there's a big pile of... Uh, just farmer, you know, farmer's just kind of, you know, not in a bad way, but he's got like a big pile of scrap metal out there. Uh, I think I'll sit up on that scrap metal on the on the western corner. I've seen hunters out there sit there. Um, it's like a nice perch where you can see the whole field and you're elevated. You know, the biggest thing with taking shots, uh, especially when you've got farms around you and houses, you know, we don't really have a house next to us, uh, but there are houses around on the road and you gotta be very careful. You gotta be very careful. You can't just go out willy-nilly shooting whatever, you know, which seems like common sense, but a lot of people don't think. That's why it's always great to take shots from an elevated angle down, like from a perch. Uh, you know, like a tree stand, for example, because you miss, you know, that, that bullet's on an angle to the earth and not an angle to, to somebody's house or cow or a, a road, God forbid. But yeah, that's uh, that was yesterday. And, uh, you know, I guess this morning, I started a little later on this podcast in my drive. I usually have 20 minutes to spend with you guys. I probably got 10 today. <laughs> I was listening to that song, Amazing Grace, uh, like I said, by Il Devo's rendition of it, I-L-D-I-V-O. If you never heard of them, they're a great group. They're like a quartet. Um, and they changed members. The, my favorite guy died years ago. Uh, he was like the darker-skinned, darker-haired guy with a real deep voice. Um, 
but they're great. You know, some, they, they sing some of my favorite Christmas songs. And, but I was listening to Amazing Grace. What an anthem that is. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it gets played at funerals. It gets played here. It gets played in movies. It's, it's, it's like overplayed a little bit. But when you really stop and think about the lyrics, I believe this guy... I'm trying to remember the story of the guy that wrote it. He was like a, he was like a, he was like out at sea and he was an atheist and he was kind of like a bad dude and he almost died a couple of times and, you know, then he wrote Amazing, he got saved and then he wrote Amazing Grace. I think I'm, I'm really paraphrasing his story, but I think it was something like that. And, you know, that's... Uh, I was reading last night a gospel primer, which is a book my mom and dad gave me for Christmas. And uh, it talked about how, you know, our life, God created us to, our existence is meant to exalt and serve God, right? Like we're put here on this earth. It's almost, it's in a, in a, and this is the easiest way I can think of describing it. It's probably a, a rather elementary and not super, you know, it's not a sufficient metaphor for the relationship, but it's almost like a dog and, a, and its master. You know what I mean? You know, the dog is there. You know, the master cares for the dog. He feeds the dog. He makes sure that the dog is well taken care of and has a roof over its head. But in return, the dog is to, supposed to bring pleasure to the, to the, do its owner, you know, it's supposed to, you know, play and obey and fetch and just provide companionship, right? And that's a lot of, that's how I look at my relationship and I think all of our relationships with God is that, you know, he protects and provides for us and, you know, make sure that we have what we need. But in return, we're supposed to, you know, that's why I have an issue with cats, <laughs> You know, cats are like atheists, <laughs> you know? They don't pay any attention to their master. They're mean to their master. They'll bite and scratch, and they're very aloof, right? A dog's like a good God-fearing Christian. <laughs> My cat people are probably going to start stop listening to me. I've been ragging on cats now for a couple episodes. But, uh, you know, we're, we're here to live a life that is, like, sacrificial. Not is like. That is sacrificial, uh, meaning that we give up a certain degree of what we want uh, in order to better serve God and please Him. So when I think about the things that are you know, pleasing to God and the type of life that I want to live to honor Him, you know, we're, we're instructed to do many things. We're, we're instructed to have a good prayer life with God. That's pleasing and honorable to Him. We are instructed to have a life where we take care of other people. You know what I mean? Like we're supposed to, there's my tire rubbing on my wheel well again. They get, the tires are like too big for the car. It's crazy. Um, we're supposed to take care of the, we're supposed to take care of the poor. We're supposed to take care of the widows. We're supposed to help other people. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to work with integrity. And we're also supposed to, you know, part of living life <clears throat> that's pleasing to God is we're also supposed to have a good time and and be careful how you interpret that, have a good time. We're supposed to t- 
take advantage of the many pleasures that he's given us in this life. You know, Ecclesiastes talks about it, eat, drink, and be merry, essentially. Now, that doesn't mean go out and get drunk, but it does mean that there are fruits of labor, and we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Even that is pleasing and honorable to God, as long as we're doing it in the right way. You know, if you make a lot of money and you spend it on drugs and booze, that's a completely different story. But if you... You're supposed to enjoy the fruits of your labor in, in, a, in a healthy, productive way. And work hard and have integrity and take care of those less fortunate than you and have a good prayer life with God and be happy and treat others well. You know, that's what we're ultimately called to do and all of these things are pleasing and honorable to Him. And I know I've been talking about God a lot recently, but this is what's truly on my heart. You know, and I'm, I'm hoping that to maybe some of my listeners that are in a more agnostic part of their journey or even atheistic part of their journey that you would just continue to listen to my words uh, and I just trust that they would fall on, on fertile ground ground that is conducive to growth um, conducive to fostering growth because you know I've only noticed I've noticed that the more that I live a highly principled life and the more that I focus on integrity and the more that I focus on working hard and doing the right things, although difficult, you know, I had a major decision recently uh, that I had to make in regards to, um, you know, vengeance and revenge and things like that. And I've, I've let it go to God and it was a very, it's probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. Uh, and I've had to put a lot of pride and ego aside and... You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, in a lot of different areas, you know, and that's just one example. I've just, I've had a lot, a lot of things go in my life that I held on to previously. Uh, and what I've noticed is I've had significantly more peace. And if you don't have peace, what's the point of having anything else? You know what I'm saying? Like, people give up their peace for so many different things. And I, I think there's a difference between making sacrifices and like truly giving up your peace. Giving up your peace, I think, means that you've made concessions on your principles, right? So like, <sighs> oh, an uncharacteristic yawn for me. I guess I'm not really used to, I've been waking up earlier and earlier this past week. Um, but I think, that, I think that's a key point I just gave you. That sacrificing peace means that you've made concessions or bent your principles. And you don't bend principles. You either keep them or break them. You know what I mean? There's no such thing. A, a principle is rigid. There's no gray area. Which means, like, if integrity is one of my principles and I tell a little white lie to avoid hurting somebody's feelings that means I've broken it I haven't bent the principle I've broken it I've shattered it and I think that turmoil which to me is the opposite of peace turmoil comes from making decisions that are not principled or not in alignment with our principles so in closing today I want you to take a hard look at what your principles... I mean, first of all, do you have any? <laughs> I 
so many people live an unprincipled life. So many people don't know what they stand for or what their code of conduct is, right? It's crazy. That's why having a relationship with God is so important because God outlays what a principled life is over and over and over and over again in his word, right? If you're a Christian, you know what your principles are, like a real Christian, not these fake ones. <laughs> um, but I want you to think of your principles and see what areas of your life, if any, you're making concessions by breaking principles. And I guarantee you, if you look at where you're breaking principles in your life, you're going to see where your lack of peace comes from. There you go. There's your episode. I think that's enough for you to chew on for today. Hey, we still got 20 minutes in. All right. Hey, I love you guys. Let's have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.